Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 328. This is Russ, and joining with me is Aaron and Jim. Hey, hey, how's well, it going? Dr. Current is not so current this week. He will be back next week when he's current. He's currently not here. Hey, yes. Uh, so I think there's three of us to be able to hold down the fort. I think so. I think we'll we'll be able to, to deal with this. Um, oh, yeah, we have, we have another uh, mind jumbler of an episode for the world beyond. So <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. But a pretty kick-ass Fear the Walking Dead. So we yeah, <laughs> yeah. You remember how Fear the Walking Dead became the best Walking Dead show on TV? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's just happening uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that like it was now. It's so funny because six years ago we'd have been like. Get out of here. Take your cake and leave. <laughs> yes. They're um, off building. Yeah, uh, uh, building another airplane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, before we begin, we have some tangential <laughs> Walking Dead related news related to Norman Reedus. Um, it appears that they're going to be a Boondock Saints three. Now, everybody calm down. Stop screaming yes and waving your arms in the air and shooting off what I assume are multiple guns. Yes, they're making a Moondock Saints 3. I, we, I, I know Jim and I have been just sitting here waiting for, for the return of Wunderkind jo- Troy Duffy. Yes. <laughs> to finally, finally break out the, the, you know the tomes of script yeah. that he's been working on to make sure I, I was going to say, you know, all those other Troy Duffy projects, what's going to happen? Are they just going to go on the back burner or what? I mean... The Duffyverse. What's going on? Hey, if uh, Marvel can put out four movies a year, then you know Troy Duffy can find a way. <laughs> Man. Yeah, this, I, I thought it was an interesting. Interesting that they're going back to the well on this. I mean, considering how, I mean, the first one had that, that kind of cult iconic sta- um, standing or whatever, but the second movie, whoosh! Oh boy, that was oh not boy. good. I don't know. Hopefully, they'll be able to do better this time. But I know. Uh, there are a lot of uh, ladies who love Norman Reedus in that role, and uh, Patrick, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery was the other one, other yeah. actor. Yeah. He's yeah. also there. Yes, yes. <laughs> they are there, making a movie together. In front Saw of the 3D cameras. and powder, Sean Patrick Flannery. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, well, you know, okay. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about Boondock Saints three other than it's happening. I mean, that has to know, go straight to streaming, right? I would think. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would think, yeah. I mean, somebody will pick up the rights for that, right? That's that's kind of a, it, at least from that perspective, it's probably an easy pickup just because of the curiosity factor. It'll get it'll get people to watch it. Well, is it Lion? I believe it's Lionsgate, right? Like they, I would assume they they did the first two, right? Yeah. Well, they did the they well Fox is the well no for the first one's tricky because the first one's Weinstein's. Oh. They eventually got distributed by Fox because of Troy Duffy's isms versus there's a whole documentary that's great called overnight that go that chronicles the journey of uh, troy duffy and him getting his script picked up and getting picked up by weinstein's and like oh, cool. having, having a whole the doc oh it's great because you get to see who this guy is troy, troy duffy not, mm-hmm. not the most pleasant person um but it's a really good it's a really good di- it's better than the, the boondock saints movie <laughs> like it's it's a great documentary sometimes that happens <laughs> yeah overnight oh, totally. I, rec- I recommend that for sure that, that's really that's really it's really it's a good look at like how film like how like inside filmmaking works as far as like getting producers getting your shot and everything and letting that kind of blow up in your face of <laughs> that inside baseball stuff cool mm-hmm. 
I will check that out. But this week... Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about um, Walking Dead World Beyond Season 2, Episode 5, and Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 3. So uh, to continue the, the trend of the last couple of weeks, we're going to start with World Beyond Episode 5, Quatervois. Quarter, 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 quarter. Quato on Mars, got it. Yes. Quatermass, I remember those movies. As if the show wasn't indecipherable enough, we're going to give it a title that is also indecipherable. Um, Al- Alan Quartermain, got it. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh, yes. Awesome sauce. Quarter the, pounder with cheese. The, this thing started with a weird one shot, or like what they wanted to be a one shot, and it just seemed very... Like, it was almost, like, too perfect. It's like, hey, let's line all these people up, and they'll, like, move out of the way to the next. Like, I'm a, I'm a fan of the one Uh This was not a good one <laughs> in my opinion. Um, what, what do we like about this show? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, we got a lot of – this is a lot of the plan, right? This is the episode where they kind of put the plan together, what they want to do with the CRM. Right. Well, this is where they they go. Yeah, I mean, they the the the, the purpose of or the point of the episode is uh, Iris and um, Felix are going to go back are, are going to basically fake like they've been, you know, quote unquote captured to be taken to the CRM in hopes that they could just be like, oh hey, it's us. Like you know, hey, we got captured by these guys. Um, and then they find Silas. And they kind of use Silas as a method to um, to get a truck so they could get out. Because their their deal is okay. We're going to go in. They're going to get Dad. They're going to get out, and they're going to and they're going to haul ass. Like they're going to just 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 get get on out. Um, and when when they get Hope and 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 the Doc, and um, and so that that's kind of kind of the point of it. And then of course, um, um. What's his face gets gets uh, up in the mix. Um, Percy, Percy, yeah, yeah. Percy gets up in the mix as a way for them to kind of get out and and distract them. Um, and and we get a little bit more about like the scientists that uh, Hope comes in and and the doctors that are working on this uh, this fungus yeast thing have have. Uh, found a way to try and incorporate Hope's yeast theory into what they're doing to accelerate decomposition so that um, eventually the world will be walker-free. Um, She's a yeasty, yeasty genius. Yeah, it was a weird... It was just weird. I, I don't know. That whole sequence, that one lady we're doctor... All chemical and we, oh, it was like, we're all chemical and biological scientists, but you figured out this magic yeast. Yes. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, What? It it, it was it was whatever. real weird, and so then they try and convince um th- their dad that that they're going to leave, that Silas has a truck, and they're going to go to Portland. So again, they've made it all the way across country. So we did. I did, I don't know, if, Jim, if you saw, I, I I sent you that wiki article. So it is Portland, Oregon, and not Portland, Maine. <laughs> um, so things that were so much less sense. Uh, yeah. So, so now they're going to go even further <laughs> back across the country without without getting captured uh, by stealing a truck and going all the way, literally on the other side of the country, to go to Portland, Oregon. Um, that's 
Up, and up <laughs> they can find gas along the way. Yeah, and, the and then down, and, and then the CRM up. isn't going to be able to catch them, right? Um, and then it's of course like they have helicopters or you know faster means of catching on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh no, no, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Huck does some uh, kind of snooping around, goes in her mother's office, finds some paperwork. Um, that ultimately we find out if I, if I understood this right, it's people from Omaha that they pulled out to use as test subjects. Is that, was that my understanding of what she found? Cause it was like, these people don't have a military designation. These are like experiments. And she sends the, gives the info to the doc. So ultimately as they're, as they're about to make the big escape, the, the father says, Oh, I need to go. I need to go talk to Lila. I need to go talk to her and, and so, see if she'll come with us. And, I need to wait, wait. I need to go talk to my duplicitous girlfriend and yes. tell her all about our plan. Yeah. <laughs> and then nobody kind of has a strong objection to it. I think I think like Iris kind of looked at him like, are we sure that we want to do this? And so he's on his way to literally go tell her to, to come with and Huck stops him and says, hey, I need your help. We need to find out what the hell's going on here. Because these these are test subjects that they pull from Omaha. There's some kind of experiment that that's going on, and I don't know what it is. But but there's something really weird. Um, and and she also tells him that that the CRM requisitioned those z- zombies to attack Omaha. That it wasn't just like a a, a horde. Like they they orchestrated that. Um, so it's kind of cliffhangery where where we leave the dock um, with, with Huck, and of course Silas. Uh, gets busted uh, with the truck. He thinks he's being clever, and and um, Davis lets him take the truck. And turns out he was, you know, he he didn't trust him at all. So so Silas gets busted, um, and that's kind of kind thanks of, you know, everybody. Yeah, th- those are kind of the um, th- those are kind of the, the like, big beats of the episode. Yeah, well, there was also like uh, when they uh, when Iris. And uh, um, and Felix get captured, right? And Elizabeth's trying to question them, right? Yeah, and it's and the whole have... like, how did you get your leg fixed? And it's like, right, right. So I, 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 there, I mean, that was supposed to be some sort of tension-filled scene, and to me, it was just like not really. Uh, it just didn't seem like it had a lot to it. Um, I don't know. It's just. Uh, I was trying to. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to like stick up for the show early on, but like it's it's really not proving me anything in terms of rewards right now. Um, I hope it. I hope from here, like given the tease for next week, which I know some have seen, um, it picks up or adds a new wrinkle or it does anything to kind of like spur more of my interest. But like it's really. It's diminishing returns for what they keep championing as the final season of the world beyond. It's like, well, I, I wonder what that finality is going to be that gets me have any sort of excitement for where we're going right now. I mean, in serious television, we always have the connective tissue episode, right? Mm-hmm. Where where things need to be moved on the board to where they need to be to move on and advance the plot. That's what this is. Uh, was for me anyway. It just seemed like a bunch of repositioning and stuff. But it just like I wasn't really. In a really good show, you could get away with an episode like that, and people people still be riveted because they're interested in the characters, or there are some smaller stakes involved in getting to that point, or you know whatever. 
In this, I just it just didn't because it was like a connective tissue episode, and it was stuff I really wasn't, didn't have any like investment in to begin with. It, it just was doubly disappointing. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, I, I just I, I just don't think this thing is is moving to a conclusion, and I think the fact that we've had 15 episodes of the show, there's five episodes left. And we're really no closer to understanding what in the hell is going on with this whole thing than we were 15 episodes ago. I mean, the only thing we know now is that everybody else is clued in to what we know, right? Like, you know, we've known that the CRM is up to something. They're the ones that caused the Omaha thing. They've been doing weird experiments. And it's taken all this time for now the characters within the show that we've been following now they know that but but again we yeah. we don't know they finally caught up to us yeah. right but we still have no motivation no understanding of why no reasoning no explanation no nothing and and again for 15 out of 20 episodes to have gone by and for us to not have answers to any of those questions and it's and it's not even like you know sometimes a show or a mini series or whatever will build towards a climax, you know, where it's, it's all like, okay, this is all going to hinge on the last, you know, hour or last 40 minutes or whatever it is that they're sure. going to use to wrap it up. Sure. And, and they make it interesting, you know, on the journey. Like there's, there's, you know, you get more pieces or there, or there's more twists or, you know, there's more interesting things with the characters. And I, I think the biggest thing with the show is I, I don't feel any of that. I, I just don't feel I just don't. I just don't feel any attachment and any interest to really what's going on with any of these any of these people to lead us to this conclusion that hopefully is coming. And that I'm hoping we don't get to the end of this 20 episodes and it's basically like you'll get the conclusion of this in the Rick movie or in you right. know or or somewhere else. Because to me, like if they've taken 20 episodes to tell this story and we don't get any kind of conclusion as to what this group's about by the end. I think then they've wasted a lot of people's time. I, I can guarantee you that like whatever full on narrative they're trying to tell, like it won't be wrapped up, but you'll get the, you know, you'll get the emotional finale as far as, you know, where each of these characters end up to some capacity. And that's what they want to like champion because it's about the characters. Right. But I agree with what you're saying on a, like a visceral level. Sure. I don't want to see like people die. Right. But, but outside of that, like, yeah, you'd have it really connect to me in a way where, like, I, I, I need to know if Iris and Hope are gonna, you know, be with their dad and everything's gonna be super great and I'll feel great about that afterwards. Like, I, it's not, there's <laughs> not a lot there pulling me. Or if Felix and his boyfriend will be able to, you know, live in peace, uh, rebelling against the CRM or whatever the hell. Like, I just, like, none of this is like compelling me beyond just, well, I'm filling the time by watching this. <laughs> so. <laughs> Some of the motivations of the characters are, are not very well defined at all. Like, uh, I mean, especially going into the end game, you would think you'd be able to like say, okay, this is this character, this is what they want, and this is what they're going for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't for half these characters. Like, a yeah, couple of that's them a good point. Can, and it's like a couple of them I could say, okay, well, uh, Iris seems like she wants to burn everything down for some reason because you know she feels indignant because she killed a guy and now. She has, you know, uh, feeling righteous or whatever. But like, like for instance, the, the the one guy who kissed Iris once, he's still there, like as part of the group or whatever. What is his motivation for like even being involved in any of this? 
You know, what is, I mean, it's just like, it, there's so many things that are not even inconsistencies, but just not explained in the story yeah. that leave me kind of, it's harder to, it's harder for me to identify with the character if I'm just looking at it as a trope, you know? And and even like, not to, not to, this is going to be a weird comparison, but like even with the Lord of the Rings, right? Like, okay, eventually they finished what they were doing and everybody kind of went home, right? Like they, they were able to, to go back home and kind of have some closure and, and, and move on and just kind of look back fondly at, at this crazy adventure they have. They have no home. Like, like this can't even end with them just going back to Omaha and just being like, okay, now we, you know, we need to fortify our settlement or we need to defend ourselves or, you know, we need to do something or they can go back and, and, you know, and, and have a lesson learned or something like that. They have no home. So I, I just don't understand like, okay, when we get to the end point with this, what is it, what is it that's left for any of them? So again, it, it's, it's either going to be the greatest, like one of the greatest, like final two episodes of television history to really, uh, to really tell us something compelling with what's going on. Or I, my fear is it's just going to leave us very, very flat or just be mediocre. Like maybe it'll, it'll explain things and wrap it up, but just do it in a very mediocre fashion. But at, at this point, I I think I, I, I'm hopeful that they at least do that, like that that we at least get some kind of closure with with what their what the plan was for for this whole thing, and that they you know there's there's some sort of satisfying reason why they're taking out whole you know civilizations, um you know for for whatever it is they're doing because to me it seems obviously knowing from the main show and knowing from fear there are plenty of pockets of people everywhere spread out across the country. So if they if the goal was for them to get test subjects, I, I don't understand why they would need to wipe out, you know, a large city's civilization that's prospering to, to grab, you know, a handful of, of test subjects. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, and if you were, if you, and if you're in an uneasy alliance with other groups, you know, that were encroaching on you, why would you kill your own people? Yeah. Right, I mean, I don't know. You're, you're right, Russ. It's just too much. It doesn't add up. Yeah. And again, maybe they, maybe they find a way to make it work, and and maybe there's an explanation. But at, at this point, it just it it just seems like the longer we go without that explanation, makes me more concerned that we're just not going to get it, or we're not going to get it very satisfying. So, yeah. Um, the biggest thing, I guess, to, at the so we were talking a little bit before we recorded. <clears throat> So watching this on AMC Plus, you watch the episode, then they show the the scenes for the next episode, which again, since this is part of the post credit and we're talking about the episode, the the scenes for the next episode clearly show Jadis in a very prominent role in who in in what she's doing. Yep. Then we get the um behind the scenes stuff where, you know, the producers and stuff talk and talk about, you know, the, the major beats of the episode and, you know, and give you some insight into that. And then they show the post credit scene, which, and, and when you watch the post credit scene, it's this figure off to the side that has a, you know, squid game, like crazy mask on a helmet or whatever. Um, and is talking and going on about this test. And then uh, Lila's going on about test subject and, Oh, this is this person's um, a soldier. And, and then we find out that it's Jadis and it's like, okay, well, 
there's no like you know what what it, it was treats that part like a big reveal yeah. where as it's already been spoiled yeah. for you if you watch the next dawn segment right yep yeah i mean the fact that she shows up with a helmet on and has that whole conversation it doesn't take it off till the end is clearly they were trying to be clever but to edit it together was showing the next on before showing that seemed uh seemed to miss the mark so I imagine I think when they do the regular show, obviously, if you're watching it as it yeah. airs, it that that isn't the case. But again, for them to be pushing AMC plus and that's the kind of, you know, with this extra, you know, material and stuff like that, it just seems like they, they well, I'm sure it's like a pro it's a programming thing, I'm sure, because it has to like when you're on plus, like there's no ads. So like, right. however, it like reads the episode as far as having stuff to show. It's like, OK, you know, edit, edit, edit for lack of ads. Keep playing. And like, there's a scene after the credits. So you have to put the scene. Like, I, I imagine like it's just like their algorithm for arranging the because it's also what like the um, the behind the scenes stuff plays after it too. Right. right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We get you so get like yeah. You get that and yeah. So it's like whatever like formula there is to make all of this like play in a certain order. It just it just messed up <laughs> in this case. You know, so, yeah. in a way that wasn't beneficial to viewers that are trying to be, you know, surprised or right. engaged by the stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, again, we're seventy-five percent of the way through. There's five more episodes left, so we'll see. We'll see how things, how things, how things go with this. But that was world beyond. Um, did we get any big mo's for this episode? I'm looking we did not. Right. I didn't think we did. It's two weeks in a row with no mo. Oh man, how many how many big mo's do we want to give this one? I think I'll give this one. I'll just give it a two. Like I just again, I'm I'm being charitable. I'll give it two. That sounds fair too. I also give it a two. Unanimous. It's anonymous. It's anonymous. Yes. All right. So we will move on. We will move beyond the world beyond and and get into the fear, um, which again. Um, so this is this is Fear the Walking Dead season seven episode three Cindy Hawkins, um, and again another banger of an episode. Oh man, it starts out as Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so, very much so. Only no John Goodman, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's it, yeah it's it, this. So we get uh, so it's funny. We've always called him John Dory Senior, and we find out in this episode. That he is in fact John Francis Dory the fifth. Hmm. Long line, a very long line of John Francis Dorys. So June's John John Dory was actually John Dory the sixth, which is crazy. Um. So yeah, we find out you know uh, John and June are they're in the bunker. Um, they they're kind of you know they're playing the game of life. They're you know hanging out in the bunker. You know, they're getting on the radio, trying to call out to, you know, anybody that might be out there. Uh, John Dory's looking at the ceiling and watching the, the the corrosion or the dirt or whatever it is, you know, spot get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. There's, you know, some shaking going on because obviously because of the blast and everything else, this, this uh, shelter is maybe not entirely stable. Um, and then we see that they're... June has set like a 365 day target. So the the plan is to stay in this bunker. They appear to have plenty of food, plenty of, of water and everything for one full year before they go out. Um, 
and we see the the days kind of tick by. Like I think it starts out with like twenty something days, then we see forty seven days, um, right. and and she's counting the days not, not only how many days it's been, but how many days until they they can go outside where when it's safe. Um, and we get along, and we find so. And this is part. I this was in uh, this next part was kind of in the trailer that we saw like before the season premiere. They they showed a couple different aspects, and one of them was the Morgan. Uh, Grace bit and and the other one they showed was was John and June, um, where he they find there, there's a bunch of shifting and stuff happens and they end up finding a whole other room inside this fallout shelter, um, and it's it's basically Teddy's murder room. This is where he took his victims, which is creepy to think about. Oh, Extremely, yeah. yeah. I kept thinking of like I don't know. I thought of like the parallel with like the the, the Thomas Harris books, like. What if you know, um, uh, Will Graham was stuck in Hannibal Lecter's like you know murder shed or whatever? Yeah. Just like uh, the way like uh, Keith Carradine plays it as this. Uh, I mean that and the memory of this girl, uh, Cindy, keep wearing on him like that. It's just a really good performance. I mean, not that we've seen a bad performance, but I just really love the way he like kind of deteriorates as it goes on. It's yeah, really, um, it's really well played, really well done. I thought. Or even worse, what if it was like Daryl locked in his own murder shed and outside was just, that's right, Brad Milo taunting him. <laughs> oh, damn. Please, now I'm going to be up all night. <laughs> Nobody's sleeping tonight. Thanks, thanks Aaron. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so they find Teddy's murder room, which has the embalming material and the table and everything else. And so, you know, it, it like the light starts to go out for John Dory to say, OK, this is why we can never find out like where he did it, where he took his victims, how all this stuff. You know, we knew he he was doing it. We just didn't know where. Um, and and so this is this is kind of all all, all where it was. Um, and then John becomes starts to become obsessed with it like he. He wants to use this because he, he the title of the episode is Cindy Hawkins, who was um, Teddy's like Sally, last Sally Hawkins, famous sister who did not. Get asked he, to yeah, dance. Sadie Hawkins. Right. Famous, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, was Teddy's last victim and he promised to he promised her mother that he would he would find her and and so they could they could you know put her put her to rest um so he's he's he kind of becomes obsessed with with finding it um and wants to find out more so he keeps like looking for clues um and uh at first it's a little subtle and then again we things kind of go on we see the day repeating we found out june has this little pamphlet that was down in the in the bunker that says uh, it's basically like a like a pamphlet from the fifties or the sixties of how to survive a nuclear war, um, with with little uh, neat tips and tricks. And so John thinks that's where she's getting this whole like three hundred sixty five day thing. And so she's trying to make a suit. You know, she's kind of gluing materials and stuff together, and they're using gas masks and and trying to to do this so that they could build a uh, a suit. So when things when at least the fallout or whatever gets to a lower level they could at least put these suits on and and go out and try and find either you know someplace else to be or get on the road or whatever it is they're going to do um and again while all this is going on John Dory becomes obsessed uh and w- what we actually find out is uh is that John was drinking pretty heavily 
um, while this is going on. And so after they had the, the uh, collapse, like there was a, a, a thing shake and um, the uh, one of the shelves uh, crashes, there's there's no more alcohol. And so he, he can't drink and he starts going. He was drinking so much. Um, cause you know, what else is there really for them to do? And, th- and that's another point they, sh- they show is when they sit down to play or whatever, they each pour a, a, a pretty healthy, uh, uh, cup full of, of, of booze. Right. Um, and John was obviously drinking beyond that. Um, and so he, he starts to, we find out he's going through withdrawals because he, he can't, because he can't, uh, drink. And so he's starting to get the shakes and obviously it's kind of uh, tying into his paranoia and his obsession with uh right. trying to to find out uh, what's going on so at at one point he you know the dirt starts to come in and he starts looking around at things and he starts hearing what he thinks is banging on the the door to the to the fallout shelter <laughs> and he grabs one of the makeshift suits that isn't quite finished yet um, and he goes outside and, um, everything is, is still, and this is a great, again, the way they're handling the exteriors in this is really good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like super creepy. <clears throat> it almost feels like in a way, this is going to sound derogatory, but, but they actually find a way to dress it up. Like, remember those old, in the original, like Star Trek series, whenever they would go like onto a planet or something and they would have like like the tumbleweeds and stuff or whatever, like built out of the set. And then the rest of it was just like a, um, like a, like a multicolored background. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. Like I, it it kind of looks like an artificial set kind of thing. That's meant to look like the outdoors. It almost looks like a soundstage. Yes. It very very much does. It very much in all likelihood likelihood is a soundstage, but I, I dig the look of it regardless. I do think it's making a choice. Yes, um, that I think reflects the show in a good light, it, as far as it trying to be something very specific. Yeah, it, it doesn't give it, it really wow. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say it goes from the claustrophobia of the the shelter, and then he comes out, and the way they layer it with that smoke effect, yes, and that kind of green filter, yep. it feels claustrophobic outside too. Yeah, so he's like not escaping it in any way. <laughs> it just yeah, and like, like the trees. Closer. Yeah, it it feels like a deliberate choice. Oh yeah, not, it's not, a good stylistic choice for sure. I think. Yeah, not to make it look, not because of like a budget thing. Like obviously in the old TV shows and stuff, it was obviously a budget budget thing. Uh, this doesn't feel like it like it was done because of budget. This feels like it was done deliberately to give it a a, a creepy eerie, yeah yeah. Um, and again Honestly, with the with the effects in there with the smoke and everything, it really just kind of gives it gives it that look. It, um, it, the reference, like, because I don't know about Star Trek, the reference that I came up with for this was because I, I was watching all the Omen films last month, and the first Omen, there's that whole sequence where they go to the grave in uh, in Rome or in the Vatican, whatever, uh-huh. and and it look and that sequence looks like a, it looks it looks like a big set. There's a whole graveyard, it has a lot of smoke around and everything, but you're never really convinced that they're actually out of location. It just feels like a big fancy set. But it's still evocative because of the atmosphere and the music and everything that happens there. This this reminded me of that specifically. I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a small little thing, but it has this great kind of sense of depth because of what John what what John's position is in all of this. And I I, I dug it. I, I mean, again, and I'm sure you guys talked about this last week too. 
this series has been doing a great job of like yes, establishing yes. a very specific look. Yes. Uh, giving you a very specific feel for what it's like to live in this post this post post apocalyptic environment. Right. Yeah. I, I, I really dig it. Yeah, for sure. And, and it looks the same like um, like when we see uh, uh, Morgan later in this episode. Right. It's that same look. It's very consistent. Yep. yep. Over the over the you know, that area, it's also very cool. So, but yeah, so it, it it's it's even because not only do we just get the smoke and the trees and everything else, but there's still like that. Um, I don't know what you call it. Like there's debris floating in the air, even still, like uh, like ash. You know, it's 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 almost like uh, it's almost like he was in the middle of like a, a forest fire, and there's you know the ash is just kind of falling down. Um, and he looks over and he sees Teddy's remains. Uh, that are there and Teddy's pretty much been obliterated um, and it's nothing but a skeleton uh, sitting there. And then he looks over and sees Dakota's, uh, he picks up the knife and it's Dakota's knife and she's zombified. So she's not, I mean, she's, you know, quote dead, but she's not, she's, she's moving around. Um, And he stabs her in, in the head and he makes a point of saying, well, you know, another one I couldn't save, you know, he, he kind of, again, he's kind of on this, this whole, you know, he wasn't able to um, to kind of save all these victims and kind of give the closure. Um, yeah, but she was a little terror before he even met her. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <true. laughs> Who cares? <It's> Dakota. <laughs> yeah. She killed your son. Fair. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Like, Turnabout's fair play. And that had, no, that had nothing to do with Teddy. She killed your son. Yes. <laughs> um. So she, again, he, he, he hallucinates a lot of Cindy, seeing this, this Cindy Hawkins person. And he sees her, and um, it it turns out it's an actual walker. And as she she gets to him and starts to you know uh, get get on top of him, June actually shoots her. And they turn around, and there's like three guys that are th- three people standing off in the distance, and they're just like staring at them. Um, and it's funny. I just watched Star Trek II: The Wrath of. Speaking of Star Trek, on another kick, I, we watched Star Trek II: Whoa. The Wrath of Khan the other day, and that scene when they're on outside City Alpha Five and Chekhov and and um, and Terrell look over and they see like the lineup of of like Khan and his people off off just standing there. It just it, the way these three were just standing there. It just kind of reminded me of that of that scene um, from that. But it was really creepy because they're just like three of them side by side, just stare staring back at at what's going on. Um, and June's able to get John back down. Um, it takes, takes the suit off of him, and he's, he's trying to convince her. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. You know, everything's fine. You know, did you see her? June doesn't really know what's going on. And she's trying to make sure he's not, he's not bit. And it turns out he's, he just has a scratch on him. Um, but and this is where the whole drinking thing really starts to to become a problem. He's you know shaking and and right. the, and the whole bit. Um, and then the then they hear over the radio the people outside that are wanting in, um, and you know wanting wanting down in there. Um, and they're kind of warning them to let them in or or it's going to get worse. Um, the other thing is while when John has kind of these visions we hear California dreaming play yeah. like, so every mm-hmm. time that starts to play um, a not so subtle, <laughs> subtle reference, he starts to get his visions and, and some of and his paranoia and stuff really starts kicking in to kind of give it like that psychedelic uh, feel as well, which I thought was a cool, 
uh, a little on the nose, but still kind of a, a cool audio thing to to just kind of accentuate the fact that he's he's going through some of this. Um, yeah, it it it's a, the show does a good job of getting you inside the psyche, and yeah, this show has yeah. generally done that. It did that really well with what's her name with um, not pregnant anymore. Um, <laughs> Grace, you know, Grace, exactly. Grace. I was, that that yeah. was exactly the yes. word I was on the tip of my tongue. Yes, Grace, Grace not pre- Grace not pregnant anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's her last name. It's Spanish. That's her character's uh, name. Um, yeah. but, um, no, they did that. Last, remember last last season too, with that like that yep. whole trippy episode, with the one where she had the miscarriage, which was awful. Um, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, this you know we've had various forms of this in the past of Rick, right, with the fake phone calls and seeing yep. Wolverine Shane that one time. Uh, but um, the, no, I, I really like what Fear has done with this stuff. Um, it, it it seems to know how to make it unique to the characters and not without making it feel. I don't know, too distracting or what have you. It feels like it's it's hitting the points it wants to hit by doing this kind of trickery. Yeah. It's amazing that, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I mean, we, we just talked about World Beyond and how devoid the characters were of, you know, progression and depth. And now, you know, it's like 180 degrees the other direction with this show. I mean, I, we obviously we can absolutely know the def, you know the definitions of these people because we've seen it happen over the, you know this this well written period of time. I and again I I know one of you said it earlier in the show, but if you had told us in season one or two this would be you know surpassing even the parent show in quality, we would have been incredulous to say the least. Yeah. So, but even you like John John Dory Senior like. How many episodes have we gotten with John Dory Sr. compared to any of the characters on World Beyond? Far less. But yet I yeah. feel like we know, like, even after just this one episode that we've gotten so much out of, um, uh, you know, out of, out of, um, out of Carradine that it, it, it's again, like night and day, but, um, <laughs> um, so June, June kind of has a talk to him about his um, his drinking and is like, well, you know, what you really need is basically just to be knocked, <laughs> essentially knocked unconscious or knocked out um, for a couple days to get over the shakes. Like, medic- basically, you need to be medicated to the point where you're you're you know out for for a right. couple of days. That's ideally what we would do. And so Either she that or go through the DTS in, right. a, in a fallout shelter, which yeah, not ideal. Nope. <laughs> So she's like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna put you to bed, keep you there for a couple of days, and we're gonna board up this room because enough is enough. Like she's just like, like, look, this is this is is feeding into your paranoia and not helping you get past you know this this deal. Um, and at this point, we find out it's like uh, seventy one days, and so um, kind of put the lights out and everything. He wakes up and pulls the the boards down to the room because he's like, he can't take it. He's got to, he's got to solve this mystery, right? You know, the detective in him comes out. He's got to look for clues. He's got to figure it out. He's got to, he's got to go in there and just keep at it. Um, and June realizes like, he's going to pull all this stuff down and, and this place is shaky to begin with. And this is going to make it worse. And they actually start to kind of struggle a little bit. Like John is so out of it at this point. Like he's, he's being physical with, with June. Um, yeah, and she injects him with something. I'm I'm assuming some sort of sedative, and uh, and then there's a collapse, like things collapse down, 
and I wrote a cave in, and then I wrote later on cave in number two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <kept happening> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and he sees Cindy again as he wakes up, as John wakes up, because obviously he's been out for a while at this point. And he starts looking. He goes in there. He he um he starts to kind of look at the map, and he's he's hearing her voice. And he thinks he knows where she is at this point. Like he thinks, you know, he starts, oh, you were going to meet the boyfriend and did he know and where was he? And so he thinks he's reasoning it out. He's, he, he thinks he's re- literally reasoning it out with, with Cindy, uh, with Cindy Hawkins to figure out where she is. And he's like, okay, I know, I know where she is. We're, I'm going to go get her. And at this point, uh, June is, is kind of trapped. Like she can't, like the debris has kind of fallen to where she can't get out. And he's like, I'm going to go get her and I'll come back. And as soon as I, as I put her to rest, I will come back and free you. And June is, is just like freaking out because she doesn't believe like he's, he's actually going to do this. Um, and, um, he, he says something to her about like, um, uh, about going back up there and if it's not safe and he's like, well, if it's not safe, why are they up there? They're, if they're up there and moving around, then clearly it's, it's safe. And, and the, the Cindy vision is like, well, she's lying to you. You know, she's, she's making it up. And we find out that June really is making it up. Like she just kind of, it seems like pulled 365 days kind of out of her butt and use that as a tool to just stay down there because she feels like, She's safe down here. She, they have, you know, more or less what they need, at least for the foreseeable future. And she doesn't want to go up there. She doesn't want to think about what's up there. She doesn't want to have to deal with what's up there. She, you know, she wants to just stay down here where she knows it's safe. Um, which, which I thought was, was, was interesting that she was kind of, she's, she's dealing with her own stuff, right? Like John is dealing with the actual withdrawal from, Mm -hmm. you know, physical withdrawal of, of not drinking because he's, he's basically an alcoholic and she's kind of got this agoraphobia thing uh, going on with, with, with what's, what's up with her. So they're both kind of dealing with some, some, some mental health issues at this point. Which is, I mean, obviously the emphasis is on John this episode, but you know, we've heard, more about her when we need to but also it's totally in within her character right it's not surprising yeah Yeah. a number of things that happen in this episode her deception as far as how to deal with the situation what's going on in her head or whatnot and i think that that's that comes from again the strength of well the writing of of these characters across a couple good seasons of of this of this show yeah (laughs) so john puts the suit back on heads back up um and again, he's still kind of seeing visions of of everybody, and uh, he he ends up at, at this point he he kind of starts to realize you know um, what's what's going on. Uh, they have a bit of a of a shootout, and um, when when he well before the shootout, he turns around and sees that they're they're um, oh no that that was the last guy that was out there. Um, he has, he has a shootout with the guys and he, he, he's trying to shoot, but he's again, because he's got the, the, the alcohol withdrawals, he's, he's not very steady and it kind of, it's kind of funny, but it reminds me like in blazing saddles when Gene Wilder goes, well, this is my shooting hand. It's it's all just like shaking. Um, because you gotta do it. You gotta give it justice. You see this steady as a rock. rock. Yeah. 
but I shoot with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, like so far in the air. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so John's able to kind of get it together. He shoots all of them but one. Um, and then he starts seeing the walkers out there as Teddy's victims. And they do a, a really good job, again, visually, right? We see, like, from John's perspective, which is kind of the almost like looking through binoculars because of the way the mask is set up. And then there's a lot of, like, reverse shots where it's, like, an extreme close-up on just his eyes from inside the mask. Um mm. And, and then we just get, like, standard, you know, shots. But it does this really good job of, of again, feeling claustrophobic, feeling, um, you know, the anxiety of kind of being trapped, uh, you know, uh, out in this world with, with all this stuff going on. Um, but he's able to kind of pull it together, uh, shoots all of them, and then he kind of snaps out of it. When he looks back, he, he, he looks back and sees that the one last person that's left is actually going to the hatch and trying to get in. Um, and at this point, I think that finally like really snaps him out of it as to what's going on because he starts to, to realize that that they're actually walkers and, and not the victims. And so he's able to kill the last one, um, and then he, gets, he actually opens the hatch, gets down in there, and pulls, pulls the gun out to shoot June, and right before he pulls the trigger... John Dory shoots him from above and, and kills that last one. Um, and he comes down there and he's kind of, at this point he's kind of like shaken out of it and he takes this thing and he goes, he, he goes, yeah, he goes, you were right. He goes, that's some real ugly mustard up there. Um, <laughs> I wrote that down too. I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was a great line. Um, and, um, so at this point, yeah, they realize, okay, this is this is what they what the you know they need to to kind of get beyond this. B- both of them, like John, needs to give up the whole search, and um, June needs to stop with the uh, uh, you know with realizing that they need to be stuck down here forever. Um, and as they're kind of putting things back together, they find there's a, a hidden in the wall. They actually find um, uh, so they they actually find Cindy Hawkins and. Um, it turns out that Teddy, because things were kind of closing in on him at this point, he didn't have time to really dispose of the body. So he actually buried her in in the in the bunker and hit her in the wall, and they were able to find her. So at this point, John feels like he has closure. He puts the locket back with the with the body, um, and so they feel like you know again they they all feel like they're they're getting closure. Um, they decide to go ahead and leave because again things are starting to collapse and things are getting getting really bad. And they put the they put the suits back on. They start to head up, and everything collapses in, um, like the the whole the whole thing collapses in. Um, and then we cut to the two of them, and Teddy wake or uh, uh, John wakes up. June's there and says, "Oh, you've been out for a couple days, and they're, they're they've got fresh clothes on, and they're in you know nice beds, and you know they're in a big you know room, and." Uh, it was pretty clear to me at least where, where they were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty close. And so, um, June even says like, well, we're definitely not below ground. Like we're definitely above ground at this point. Um, and, uh, they said, you know, look, luckily you, you know, you convincing me to suit up and put the mask on, um, protected us from the cave in. So when all that dirt and stuff came around us because we had the, the mask on, we, you know, we basically weren't buried, buried alive. Um, sure. And uh, 
seems plausible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they find out that they're at Strand's place. So Strand's either Strand. I'm sure Strand's people. I'm sure Strand himself didn't didn't find them. But obviously, with them being on the radio, <laughs> Strand's never dug a day in his life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, they found him. Took him back here. Um, Strand even pours him a drink and they ask, you know, who those people in the masks were and, and Strand doesn't know either. Like nobody knows who these, so there's obviously these people are somewhat well organized. So there's another faction of, of people out there. Um, I, I like how all of this is like an epilogue because the episode's yes. so totally about right. Strand and Morgan. Now. Yes, <laughs> like yes, yes. It's like story over. Like, yes. We're, we're yep. moving on. <laughs> but he, he we're turns it, now. he turns down the drink like, like, um, John Dory, he's, he's like, no, I'm off the sauce for for right now, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and then June's like, well, you know, we're 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 stuck here, like, cause 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 John is not like once he finds out this is Strand's place and, and everything's go like John is like, I am not staying here with you, like this is ridiculous, and and Strand's like, well, you know, he's hoping that when, when he mentions the other group, Strand's like, well, I was hoping that you're put on your detective hat again and help, help me figure out, you know, who these people are. And he even makes a point of saying what he did to Morgan. And it's funny because Strand doesn't even deny it and doesn't even try and gloss over it. He doesn't try and hide it. He doesn't try and talk his way around it. He's like, Nope, that's yeah, well, that's what I did, but we're building something here and this is what it is. Uh, and, and then they both go to look outside and they're and June's like, yeah, there's no getting out of here. And they see that, you know, they've got the walls up and it's just like walkers, everywhere that they could see and then john's like man i i wish i hadn't turned that drink down yeah (laughs) um and then we cut away and so this is a really cool epilogue where we see somebody outside the the portal again so at first what i thought this was was a flashback to them how they got out of the how they got out of the the bunker like how strands people got him out of the bunker. And I'm like, well, that's a little weird. Um, but it's one person. We see him digging, digging, digging and get, and we find it's, it's Morgan. Morgan gets on the radio and tries to reach him. And, um, he, you know, he heard him on the radio and he's trying to, trying to get him out. And of course, strand gets on the radio and tells Morgan they're with me. Now you're too late. And, um, this is where it's it's clear that this is Morgan versus Strand because Morgan tells him like, "Hey, if you hurt anybody, I know I'm going to do what you did to me in the sub. Except I'm not going to miss. Like I'm 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 going to come at you." And of course, Morgan, as he's doing all this, has the the axe in his in his hand. He's got the axe back. Yeah. Uh, he, like the way they're like talking at each other too is really like the kind of menace you like. Yes, you know it's the kind of yeah. like. I, I don't know what this final showdown is going to be, but for the time being, I'm just enjoying the kind of like you know what you did, Strand. Yeah, yeah Morgan. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just a lot of uh, just the the one-upsmanship they're trying to do. But they, but you see it in Strand, like for all his confidence, he 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 knows when he hears something sincere. And so Morgan saying, "I'm going to basically, you know, I'm going I'm to kill you." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know he's reading that like. That's just gonna kill me if he gets a chance. The <laughs> <laughs> great scene between Coleman Domingo and Lady James for sure. Yeah, and I love that Strand is like full on, like he, like he's like he's wearing a fucking saber on his side. Like, he's no. like full on, <laughs> like I mean, uh, role. I was just gonna say he looks uh-huh. like he looks like um, 
what's his face in like the last king of scotland or uh, uh yeah you mean yeah 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 it's it's just so over the top for strat uh but so fitting like it just it like it, it like if this is anybody else, you'd look at it and be like, "Well, that's kind of over the top," but it's Strand, so you're like, "Well, that's pretty fitting." Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how things end. So uh, again, a lot, uh, just just a uh, again another really really well done episode. I, I like this episode, I think, better than last week's episode. To be honest with you, um, um, overall, uh, and again, just mm-hmm. th- three top notch episodes uh, out of the gate, but. Uh, uh, since we'll talk about Toby's, I will go first. I will give this one a five. Like, to me, this is just as I gave the first, I think I gave the, the episode one a five. To me, this is just on par with that first episode. I mean, this was um, this was great in every way, from from the visuals to the, um, you know, just, just to getting, you know, first, because I'll be honest, when it first started and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be June and, um, and, and John Dory in the, in the bunker, like how excited, you know, how interesting is this going to be? And, um, and the fact that they were able to really, really make this a, a, a stellar episode, I think, I think says a lot. So, uh, that's, that's what I give it. Jim, how many, how many Tobys you give this episode? I give it four and a half. It was really great. I loved it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know why I took, I'm taking a half off yet. Actually, I think I'm just maybe a little hesitant because I saved like fives for, you know, big earth shattering episodes, but super strong writing, great, great performances. Uh, just, I don't know what more I can ask for. 4.5. Aaron. I, everything Jim just said is correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, for to have um, Toby's, um, I, it's not like there's something significant. I'm like, well, this doesn't deserve that extra half a star. It's just like, you know, that first episode really wowed me in a way where it's like I'm so into like what they're embracing and how they're going about this show. And I like the perspective they had where this one, it, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Like, sure. I said. like I really I really like um, what um, Carradine's doing here. I, 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 you know, this is like what Walking Dead tried to do often as far as like when the characters all get separated and has all these episodes that splits them up. And then you have the connecting ones that, you know, bring them all back together eventually. I, I like that, and I like that here. It's doing it effectively. It's well-filmed and still has this kind of unique vision for the world in this post-post-apocalypse. Right. Um, I, I guess it's it's not necessarily like I'm just too familiar with it, so I can't give it a five stars anymore. It's just like, yeah, I look like Jim. I, I If the season's on the same trajectory, I, I look forward to what's coming because, for one thing, the show just rocks right now. But also it's like, yeah, what, what if there's some just kind of slam bang smash out episode that I, I can't deny being a five star like the, like I gave to the premiere. So four point right. five. But I mean, it's not it's not like you're it's not like you're, uh, you know, I'm not grousing on anything. Yeah, like yeah. This. No, it's totally fair. It's definitely, definitely an a episode. And you know what? I've been a Keith Carradine fan for a long, long time. I mean, I remember renting the moderns on VHS back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I really have been a big fan of his acting and see him. You know, to take on this role been great. Yeah. Well, cool. So that's what we gave it for Toby's. Did we have any Toby's on the Facebook group this week? What did I just? I just watched something. One. Keith Carradine too. Yeah, we got one Toby. <laughs> yeah, one Toby. He's always been a really strong actor. I mean, I can't think of a role he was in I didn't really enjoy. What is, it's um, that '70s movie too. Hold, you keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you figure it out, let me know. I'm going. I'm going to yell. I'm going to yell at the second I find. That 70s movie. Um, Kevin Barry gave us one rating this week. 
Uh, I'm very sad, guys. One Toby rating. Kevin, thank you so much, though, for giving us this rating. Five, that was a great episode out of five. Cannot disagree with that statement, sir. Southern Cump. For us again. Oh, oh, yeah. The Powers Booth. Oh, oh yeah. Very, yeah. 81. That's why I was missing it up in my head. Walter Hill, man. Good movie. Walter Hill movie, yes. Yeah. Walter Hill. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't. I, I would assume it's because it's Halloween, which is why we didn't get too many Toby ratings. I feel like everyone was, you know, out partying responsibly. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my assumption. <laughs> but yeah, be sure to hit the Facebook page because if there's one thing that I look forward to on the Mondays or Wednesdays or record this, it's Jim having to read many things that people wrote about this episode. So I hey, this, uh, I enjoy it or I wouldn't do it, you know. Exactly, but I do enjoy I, it, it. It gives me a break for one thing for my blathering, so I can just sit back and hear this this the dulcet tones of Mister Jim Deeds as he <laughs> the very important. Um, and cherished ratings that we get on our Facebook page. So you know, be sure to be sure to log those in when you when you watch the latest episodes of Walking Dead and uh, that other show that we're talking about, <laughs> The World Beyond. That one <laughs> soon to be coming to the CW. Cool, awesome sauce, guys. Yeah, another one in in the can <clears throat> this week. Um, so thanks everyone for listening this week. Um, I think we'll be back on last week. We had things a little bit delayed, but I think we'll be back on a regular schedule uh, from, from here on out. Um, so you can definitely check us out here. Um, Dr. Kern is out today, but just head over to the Taylor network of podcasts to check out um, all the stuff that he does, including the podcast that we do together. Um, Gotham by Geeks, which where we do talk about uh, Batman on a weekly basis, which is a lot of fun. Um, so definitely check that out there. Jim Dietz, where can people who, find who you? Me? Well, uh, you can find me uh, weekly on Nothing's On with Dr. Current and Donnie Salvo, uh, going through the week's worth of TV and uh, movie and entertainment news in our own crazy shenanigan-filled and knuckle-headed way. It's available at the Taylor Network Podcast.com. Over at the BrandonPetersShow.com, you can listen to Brandon and I blather on about the crazy second season of 19, Space 1999. Um, it got really weird in that second season, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we just dropped a new episode this week uh, where the uh, the alien looks like uh, Orson Welles and Umumu uh, cosplaying as uh, Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony. Um it's pretty great. It's called the Tabor. So you can check that out every uh, week on the old space show over at the t- uh, Brandon Peter show. Dot com. Aaron, you can find, speaking of Brandon Peters, you can find me hosting my podcast out and out there in a neighbor. Abe and I talked new movies. Weekly. We uh, just talked about the last night in Soho, uh, which is a terrific horror film from director Edgar Wright. But speaking of horror, see it. speaking of horror and Brandon, we just, spent a whole month doing special bonus horror episodes, um, which was uh, super cool because uh, we got to go over a lot of different uh, really fun topics and everything, uh, as we like to do, and those are all available where you can find your podcast for our show out and out there on an Abe. I'm also writing reviews over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. That's where you can find my Walking Dead write-ups for the Prime show as well as my movie reviews. I'm on uh, uh, Weiss of Blue for Blue Reviews, Variety occasionally for some stuff, and on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week um, to talk another pair of episodes, uh, hopefully an improvement on the one and a continuation on the other. So 
um, check us out here. And then, like I said, don't forget to uh, hit us up on the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash WDTV or slash group slash WDTV podcast, or you can email WDTV at HHWLOD.com if you just want to shoot an email. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, watch out for the ugly mustard out there. Suppose all that pretty mustard. Yes. <laughs>